Hello and welcome to the Retro Rejects. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the, the pros and cons of being in a fight club. When was the first time you joined the fight club? Oh, I suppose going back to when it actually was released. What was it? Was it 99? Was it 2001? I would have seen it about four or five times in the cinema and I decided to start my own fight club then. Oh, yeah. well, oh. Obviously, though, I didn't. But, mm. but this is one of your favourite films. Yes, exactly. I remember seeing it when it first came out. I would have been in mm. college at the time. Went to see it on my own because nobody else is interested in going to see it. And I was just like, oh my God, this film is fucking fantastic. Mm. Um, it's one of those films as well that I suppose we rewatched it recently just to you know remind ourselves of it and refresh and all the rest and it's a film that it probably is as relevant if not more relevant now than it was 20 odd years ago when it first came out yeah I think I'd be up there with one of my mm. top 10 movies anyway and definitely re-watch it it's amazing it's I, the, the amount of bits and pieces I forgot mm. in the film I've seen it a ton of times but it's probably been a year or two years since we've looked at it yeah but um it's just uh, one of the things I think it's you don't get with a lot of modern films anymore is something that when Fight Club, the amount of different teams that are in it or mm. the different interpretations, interpretations I yeah, There's so many different layers that you can kind of go, oh, maybe that means that and maybe they're addressing that, you know, which mm. we can get into a bit more in, in the podcast as well. But there are so many different ways you can interpret what each character is meant to represent or what the issue is yeah. and all the rest. And I think that's great art. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you look at it, um, say just kind of Fincher's mm. um, thing of it it's like a coming of age movie mm. um, about it and it's it, it, like you, you look up you, I'm sure there's books being written about Fight Club as well but you look into kind of things and like one of the most common things is uh, it's about toxic masculinity mm. and all these different bits and pieces and then there, <laughs> I do, it, it's hard to know where to get started with it but it's just and then, like, you kind of forget the more you look at it, the more you look into it, or you think that there's more to it than there probably actually is uh, with it. And then, like, you read it like one or the other. I think one of the screenwriters thought that it was, like, a, basically, like, a fucking rom-com. <laughs> far from a rom-com, <laughs> you know? really, isn't it, yeah? But it's, you know, like, I mean, it can be just broken down to a very, very basic thing mm. instead of... Like, I was looking at um, someone um, doing it and they were saying that it was, like, rationalisation. Mm. I think it was rationalisation. Uh, where it was breaking down into this whole kind of post-industrial world where kind of everything was just, like, you know, uh, the, uh, people being consumers and it was basically, like, being consumers was, like, um, equated to fascism. Mm. And it was... That's what the movie was. And, like, there's elements of that, I think, in it, but I don't think mm. that's, what, like, you know, yeah, what the intention of it was. But that doesn't matter. Like, art, mm. like, uh, the intention of a, a piece of art can be very, very different from the interpretation. Like, the interpretation it, suppose, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people don't even realise what they're putting into things and it can mm. be... Well, like, I mean, if we go back to sort of, obviously, we kind of explain the the 
plot line a little bit and all the rest. And I'm sure anyone listening to this should be familiar with Fight Club if you're listening to a podcast mm. on it. You would probably be interested and in haven't seen it. But um, at the time that it came out, it probably would have resonated quite well with people of our age, shall we say, because we would have been Generation a, little, X, yeah, yeah. a little bit younger than the protagonists um, insofar as they were out and they already had their jobs and they were working. But we were sort of in that world as well. So I suppose the, the older Gen X would have really, I think, uh, kind of held on to this mm. film as something that would have been very representative of their own experience. You're told as a child, you go to school, you study hard, you work hard, you get a good job and you'll be, you know, get a job, get a life, get a family, get the house and all the rest. And then people graduate and there's nothing there for them. It's just, it's just emptiness. And, you know, people who've worked hard for their college degrees or whatever, they end up pumping gas, they end up being waiters, they end up in all these... I won't say lower jobs, but there are all these sort of dead end jobs, shall we say, with no potential to rise up through it, and you're just you're just plodding away. Well, it's one. It was the whole thing where you were told that, like, we were very much told our generation: mm. you leave school, you go to college or university, whatever you want to call it, um, and then you can you, be Anthony. Yeah, you're going. You're going yeah. to nearly automatically walk into a great job, and mm. your whole life is sorted, and you don't have to worry about anything where it became very, very clear, especially like people outside of Ireland might notice that mm. um, Ireland used to, so it wasn't the 90s, I think they stopped it in the 90s where it was like free um, third level free education. education. yeah. Uh, so you had fucking probably large portion of the country went on yeah, to get degree like a degree. basically. Yeah. yeah um, and, and then all of a sudden your degree is worthless because like... Because everyone has a degree. Yeah. Um, like it, our generation definitely was a whole thing where it was like people were kind of twigging hmm. to... Not twigging to the, the whole degree because it was like people were like, well, you need to have a degree just to get a basic job. Hmm. Um, and it was this whole thing where it was like our generation was like, get a degree in the arts. Hmm. Fuck it, you may as well get a degree in something that you enjoy doing. Yeah, and something enjoy that studying yeah. for the four years. But yeah, like, I mean, it was this whole thing of, you know, the, the dream is shattered. You leave college all kind of bright eyed and optimistic, kind of going, yeah, I studied hard and I'm going to get a job in my field. And then it's like most people end up just getting your basic entry level jobs, working retail, working night shifts, you know, stacking mm. shells, pumping gas, all of that kind of thing, because that's that's literally all you can get. That's You're almost held down to that level, mm. if you know what I mean. There is very little ability to progress. Well, you can imagine like the generation yeah. nowadays where it's mm. like, at least say in fucking Fight Club, your man mm. could buy an apartment. That's it, he could afford <laughs> yeah, to buy, not gonna uh, buy an apartment now. Then. That's it, I know. At the time it was like people filled the empty hole in their lives, you know, they, there wasn't relationships there you know you're sort of everyone is very isolated it's mm. like yeah you, while you make a nice home for yourself you buy things to distract you from your shit mm. job that you hate and again I suppose the job he was working um, it would be seen as a very good job nowadays working for a corporation um, but again it was he has seen how this mindless soulless corporation was making loads of money basically profiting off people's debts mm. um, you know he was a kind of a crash assessor and it was uh, the equation was well if the money that it costs to pay out all of these people is uh, less than the cost of a recall on the product well then we don't recall the product and we just pay out mm. all the people who have died and it's a very cynical morbid way of looking at life and here he is working in this job just going oh my god I hate everything yeah you know it's all well, like the whole thing with like the self-serving mm. or single serving. single serving yeah mm. um portions where it's like single serving friends and yeah because his whole yeah. life is so disjointed he's basically flying all over the country into different time zones to go and see the scenes of accidents and assess him and he's just that's i suppose what causes his insomnia uh, in large part in the first place um which is where we sort of 
enter into his life and meet him as he goes on his spiral. Um, some could say downward spiral, some could mm. say spiral to enlightenment. It depends on what way you view it, I suppose, and many different ways to interpret it. Well, that was the whole thing that when you look at it on Wikipedia, mm. when they're talking about Fincher's thing, where he's mm. like on about like, I know, rites of passage where it's, um, you have to, there's a whole thing with people about kill your God, or well, kill your parents, kill your God and kill yourself. Mm. And he's very much on that kind of journey where his parents are no longer in the picture. And mm. it is uh, like, they're kind of considered canon that there's like Fight Club 2 and 3 were done in comic book form mm-hmm. um, and it's well not mentioned it's, it's very much a big thing in part 2 and 3 that uh, the, the narrator or Jack's like it is Jack is meant to be mm-hmm. in the book it was Jack mm-hmm. um, uh, that uh, he's fucking watch my god his parents were killed by him mm. Um, well, by Tyler Durden, basically, uh, when he was younger. And in those things, I won't get into too, because the sequels, a lot of people don't really like him. And after reading them, oh, I wasn't you can really. See why. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll get into it later on. But it's like Tyler Durden is very much. He's basically like Satan, or he's. Ba- they talk like about him as being like a, a thing, virus, yeah. uh, mind virus, or a thought virus that goes through, or an archetype, a Jungian archetype mm. that's been around forever. And he's like, you know, gone through Jack's family, kind of like, you know, slowly passing on, kind of creating or trying to create vessels for himself to cause chaos, yeah. I suppose, yeah, and ruin lives. Mm. Well, yeah, like, I mean, if you go back to Tyler Durden of the film, which is the main thing we're yeah. focusing on, um, like, I mean, we, as I said, we, we enter into Jack, I suppose, in his forlorn, terrible, drab little life where he's, you know, riddled with insomnia, can't sleep, has no one to talk to about it, uh, he has passing acquaintances at work and that's it. And uh, he ends up then, a doctor basically challenges him when he goes in to try and get a cure for his insomnia. He's like, well, you're not really suffering. Go and see real suffering. Go down to mm-hmm. one of these support groups or you see these guys, you know, uh, facing death and staring it down. So he's like, right, okay, I will. And suddenly he finds a place where he can express, he can actually release his feelings. So I suppose it speaks to, as you went back to the whole toxic masculinity thing where, you know, it's always seen that you, you bottle up your feelings. Well, it was whatever generation, yeah. definitely the generations before as well. Yeah. It's like, you do not talk about your feelings. If you talk about your feelings, there's something wrong with yeah, you. You're, you're not as yeah. much of a man or something like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Men just bottle things up and they just shove it down and get on with things. Whereas, mm. you know, that's, you know, um, Tyler Durden as well. He's like, look, we're, you know, we're all these like fatherless, children that are just you know wandering through life and don't know what what is what and we've no one to talk to no one to express our feelings to and nobody listens to us so I'm going to make people listen to us basically I'm going to mm. go out there cause may- mayhem you know build a sort of a a family a really weird family unit I suppose but it is if you look at it it is kind of like a family unit for all these lost souls I suppose really that want to find some meaning in life come together and end up doing well, the it was Project like Mayhem thing and me- Meatloaf's mm. Bob is yeah. definitely the mm. the maternal factor in it where he is quite sensitive and stuff and mm. I think that's nearly the catalyst for Jack changing and kind of going away from Tyler you know the, the split mm. even more so after he gets killed mm. um, where it's like the nearly the feminine part of the his life is after being you know when he, mm. his mother is dead and he's nearly questioning kind of where with the father with Tyler Durden because Tyler ends up 
mm. being like his father, going off, really abandons him, going around creating franchises. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Starting new families and having people yeah. outside of him that he cares for and all this kind of yeah. stuff. You and know? then he goes on like the road trip, which is like, you know, in uh, kind of like Joseph Campbell thing always seen as nearly well he didn't have a road trip but like the journey kind mm. of where it's like a nearly right party where like people leave something and then when they come back they're they're a changed person yeah. they, for the better it, like with um uh what's the example of it that's always used oh, like with a honeymoon where like a couple they're not really seen as being married until they go off Mm. on their honeymoon and then they return and they're seen as a married couple mm. um, and it happens a lot of times when people, you leave home yeah get a new perspective and yeah. come back yeah with a mm. I suppose a broader sense of everything so we have Jack going through that at the end mm. he comes back kind of realising what Project Mayhem is and what Tyler Darden actually is and mm. the, like it is at the end of that his journey he kind of discovers that he is Tyler Darden and he's the one or Tyler Darden is a part of him or whatever mm. um that's it. And I, like, I mean, at the time as well, it was a big, huge reveal. Oh, it was like, fucking I mean, massive, yeah. You know, some people are like, oh yeah, I saw it coming. I watched that film the first time and I was absolutely blown away when everything... And it actually, it does the whole cinematic trick of everything starts to judder and feel very mm. unreal as he kind of goes, oh my God, she's just called me Tyler. And it's like, oh Jesus. And then when you see the flashbacks, you're kind of... I, I rewatched it a number of times trying to see throughout the film like was you know did they actually ever have a part where you could see them interacting properly or you know to give some sort of hint that Tyler Durden was real and another person outside of him it wasn't if you go back through it all they show him like tossing himself downstairs you know and uh, he's the one that has the sort of the part time job at night and he's the one who found the abandoned house and it's just it all matches up it's done very very well it, it is done brilliantly um, it's now I, you know you were saying well, there were some people I was I did pick up and I was trying to think what point was it where I kind of started to because I had it in my head and I was kind of like it's fucking he's Tyler Darden and it. it's hmm. or there's going to be some kind of thing like that and I think it was when he had the fight with himself in the boss's room yeah and he mentioned something about he said for something about this reminded me of the first um fight yeah. in the car and i think that kind of just made me go that's yeah there's your kind yeah of your, that, that's your a, first yeah. big hint um but as well it's gas when you look back through it how often when you know about the splicing mm. um how often tyler Durden oh yeah is spliced straight away it, like yeah. in the fucking opening scenes like there's like these very tiny little flash frames of like men with penises out kind of a thing mm. you know and that's tyler Durden's whole thing so so it's a bit of seed of chaos kind of a thing and you mm. realize then it's very meta like you're watching the film and you're seeing like you know as they call it the cigarette burns for you know lining up to change over on the reels in when it's mm. been projected in the cinema and it is all of a sudden you kind of you know certain suddenly you're in a you're watching a film that's telling you what you're experiencing and and actually doing it to you yourself as well if you know what I mean so it's it's a very interesting way to kind of I don't know have more layers even to it you know yeah well mm. it's looking back at it as well I only copped it this time at least I think I copped mm. it I don't know there might be a thing in it. At the start of it, when he's going through the insomnia thing and he's looking at stuff, uh, remember he mentions at some point, you know the way they're working in restaurants a lot, mm. like a, or a hotel? Yeah. Um, and uh, he mentions about Tyler Durden being caught up in a lawsuit over mm. kind of like, you know, the urine content of fucking yeah. soup or something. But there is a bit where he's looking at the television and it shows that catering place and it shows a group of the, the waiters there. And one of them is, I think, is Brad Pitt. 
So it's like, is that the point where he's watching these things and he sees like an image of that guy and it subconsciously becomes Tyler Durden in his mm-hmm. head? Does he create Tyler Durden at that point? Of course, in the fucking the sequels, it's Tyler Durden's been with him since he's a kid. Yeah. He kind of like envisions him as being um, a stepbrother. Mm. Um, with it, which I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, don't really like, like. I mean, there's bits near the end, kind of say with people's perspectives of it. I always kind of think of it as being nearly a horror movie, a possession mm-hmm. movie. Um, especially like when he finds out about Tyler when he's in the building and they're having that fight after he mm. defuses the bomb. The music goes from being uh the fucking. Say kind of electronic, yeah, yeah. Kind of, it yeah. goes to horror drones. Yeah. It's just like, and it's really on. And I never really heard the music for that part. It's just we got a better sound bar and <laughs> here, here properly. It's a, and that was like very much. And even the whole thing with him being dragged, it was nearly like he couldn't have done it himself. Where you do it, mm. it nearly comes across as if Tyler Durden is that external Some sort force. of supernatural force, yeah. yeah. Mm. and is dragged like he's dragged upstairs mm. and thrown downstairs and lifted up off the ground where it's like how could you lift yourself up off yeah you know that there is an element of that um thing with and like he performs an exorcism on himself with the yeah basically by the uh, bullet shooting himself <laughs> yeah. in the face yeah exactly but yeah I suppose I mean I kind of always viewed it as sort of a one man sort of mental breakdown how easily people can get sucked along and how many people out there that mm. are kind of called like I mean a lot of it gets tipped off again when um it's his apartment basically explodes he goes home one night after a trip and it's like his gas cooker or something has been left on and it just his whole apartment is wiped out so he's lost everything in his mm. life that he he said himself he was so close to having finalised and perfect like he had the job he had the apartment he had the wardrobe almost full of clothes he had the apartment almost full of furniture you know the cookie cutter Ikea kind of thing and then it's all taken away and he realises I actually don't have anyone I can call except two random Mm. single servant friends I suppose that he's bumped into uh, once or twice that he doesn't even know their surname kind of a thing well, and I think that kind of just causes the realisation then and you know uh, he's so disaffected and so disillusioned with life and then all these other men start showing up with the same sort of mm. issues in their life as well and they find some sort of a weird family I suppose really well it's well just when you're saying about with the, the whole thing with the, the explosion of the apartment mm. and stuff and it's even mentioned about like with his fucking um, yin yang table mm. at the start like having the dualism there but mm. there's a lot of stuff uh, like Tyler Durden says it's out of kind of where he's like uh, the person who liberated you from your belongings and so mm. like it is a cult um, mm. but it there's a lot of like Tibetan Buddhism mm. things thrown in or you're like you're not uh, your possessions you're not your belongings yeah a bit but like you're a, not a more, special snowflake yeah a bit yeah. of a twisted kind of mm. origin of it as well this is the whole thing with Tyler Darden where Tyler Darden sees himself as he's basically just a user mm. anyway um, like he uses the narrator to get to the point where he can be fully in control then when he gets to that point he doesn't want doesn't to have need him, him again exactly anymore yeah. he's like when he gets fully in, and he uses all these other and you see he it uses with, Marla Singer as well yeah. like you know an angel face like yeah. um what's his fucking Jared, Leto. Jared Leto's character you mm. can see that there's all these people in it that just love him mm. and then later on you see people with the, the chemical burns yeah on their it's hands it's like an so. indoctrination like a, like yeah. a little ritual sort of a reason mm. I suppose to join our cult but he just sees them as being human sacrifices mm. that's what he refers to him as in his bedroom um up in the thing where he has the thing it's just human sacrifices so he doesn't 
give a shit about these men at mm. all. He just sees them as being idiots that he's after manipulating into yeah, and they, they, they genuinely his purpose, give their like, life yeah. for him as well, yeah. you know, and for the cause, I suppose. Mm, that they're they're just single serve mm. people as well, where mm. it's just like oh, just use them. Yeah. Whereas I think that's the whole thing. It's when Bob dies that um fucking like I was saying that Jack we'll call him or the narrator mm. uh is affected. Yeah. Whereas like none of the rest of them they're well they do get into the whole well, thing. they're affected I suppose in so far as um everybody is like nameless I suppose once they mm. join um Project Mayhem because it's meant to be just like right okay nobody kind of has an identity mm. anymore. And then when Bob Robert Paulson does die um you know the narrator Jack is like my god you know this is not just some slab of meat you know this mm. this is a man he was a friend of mine he, his name was Robert Paulson of course they are oh my god in death you achieve your mm. you know you are known it's your identity or you finally release your potential I suppose and it becomes the chant then his name was Robert Paulson and that's it's even worse because then it's suddenly death is something to aspire to because you you know Mm. that's you know well that, that's the you're whole, ascribed meaning and death kind of a thing well that's nearly a Tibetan yeah. fucking Buddhist thing as mm. well isn't it where it's like you, life should be suffering and pain mm. you know and you just go on kind of like performing kind of like menial tasks and it is the thing that they're all seen as drones beforehand mm. and they're all looking for nearly some form of enlightenment yeah, or breaking out meaning, of it. Yeah. and then they just they dip into like an even worse <laughs> That's it. But I mean, I I suppose like, I mean, to me, their aspirations are relatively noble and are Mm. something that people should kind of keep in mind to because it was, well, look, okay, we are the people who, you know, clean your rubbish. We, you know, make your sewage run. We make your food turn up on time. And yet you're all out here, you capitalist billionaires or whatever, treating us like absolute shit. And don't forget at any time that we can we can rise up and we can make your life hell and the thing is people never seem to do that it takes an awful lot mm. like, look at us look at the way the economy is at yeah. the moment but even that's I don't like the, the whole thing I think with Project Mayhem was to it was to reset things well this is it um, it's to rebalance because I mean the the main goal at the end was right we're resetting credit to zero so mm. anyone who's run up debt or anything like that it's wiped anyone but who's owed money the cause, it's wiped utter chaos yeah. that it was the, the whole kind of, I think it gets into it more in the book where it's mm. It's it's not that there was this noble thing where it was like, oh, we'll reset kind of like the credit thing and everyone will be on it. It was like to bring things down to a fucking apocalyptic level mm. where they told people to start tearing each other apart yeah, and it'll be a real system. Nietzschean mm. um, or kind of like fucking Hobbes Leviathan mm. uh, style thing where it's like survival of the fucking fittest. Yeah. And then it'll Total go back to yeah, yeah, it'll go back because I think there's uh, the bit where he's like talking about being the old dancing, all seeing eye. And he makes some about like you know hunting deer in the um, in like the fucking the abandoned uh, skyscrapers. Mm. So it'll be this whole thing about nature taking over Reclaiming. again, yeah. yeah. And then people will be back living a more primitive life, um, where mm. that's where he wants. He basically wants the destruction of society. He's yeah. an anarchist. Like yeah. it is about anarchy. Mm. Uh, with it. and of course, if you're looking at it from the sequels' point of view, that he's he's. They kind of hint that he's basically Satan, that he was mm-hmm. a snake, yeah. Um, with uh, in Adam and Eve, and I think it, like in the third one, I I couldn't be bothered reading it because like the, I'm making it sound better. Like I was saying it to yeah. you, you were like, "Oh, it sounds good," and I was like, "The actual the idea behind it sounds really good," but the ex- 
huge and it's terrible. Hmm. Three, it's just all over the place. We're like, what the fuck is going on? You know, and it's just, it's just done really, really badly. Um, mm. with it, but like you know, going from that kind of point of view, that he is just mm. he's like evil, <laughs> evil. Mm. But yeah, like I mean, it's. I'm sure there's a lot of people who could probably relate in general and in overall to everything that's going on, you know, sort of the lack of belonging in the world, the wanting to be someone cooler, better, stronger, more handsome, you know, more sort of able to just do things without giving a shit. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would watch that kind of going, yeah, fucking I can see why, you know, he looks up to Tyler Durden or he wants to be Tyler Durden or, in fact, why he materialised Tyler Durden out of his imagination to mm. be that person and that outlet that he, he felt he couldn't be himself because he was so boxed in in such a a real normal, boring, safe little life that he can't break out of. You know? well, as well, it's like when people are, as well, when they talk about the, the whole kind of toxic ma- masculinity mm. thing, and there was a lot of people, I think, at the time and probably to this day, that got the whole fucking wrong the end of the wrong, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's go out and start our own fight club. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's what we should be doing. <laughs> yeah. um, and as well, where it's, they kind of pick up on this misogynistic thing in it mm. where it's, you know, there's like Tyler Doran says, I don't think women are the answer to, we were a generation raised by women and yeah. it's kind of like, I don't think another woman is the answer to it. Um, and when uh, Jack says, I kind of like this all started with Marla, it's almost as if, well, he does blame yeah, her he for He's blaming that, her, yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, you know, sort of look for answers in yourself. Don't be looking to externalise it or mm. blame other people either as well, you know. And we were looking at a video before someone had an interesting idea about which it's, it's actually not true at all, but I think it is an interesting mm. interpretation of it that Marla is actually another aspect of his personality that it's she's an, not real at all. It's another just yeah. like Tyler Durden, yeah. yeah. Because again, they say you don't really see her interacting with anyone outside of Jack. She sort mm. of she doesn't have any impact. I suppose it's just it's her interactions with him. It's the female side, feminine side of him, whereas Tyler is the more masculine. Mm. But at the same point, it. you do have the thing yeah. where the the she. Uh, takes the overdose and mm. the ambulance people are there and as well you have her selling mm. stuff in the other side and she is at yeah. these uh, th- and you see someone trying to approach her at the thing so yeah, you know she's groups, she's yeah. very much real but I, I think it's the way that it's done it's like other people they're not part of the, the story they're not part of the narration so unless you're actually part of the story they don't have interactions with yeah. people like that's it um, I, know, I suppose interesting enough she's one of the only few female characters the only I mean the only other ones really was um What's her name? The the lady with the cancer. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of like, again, it's like... Chloe. Chloe, that's yeah. right. Yeah, sort of like facing death and staring it down and mm. wanting to feel... Wanting that human connection again one last time and, you know, wanting to feel something before mm. she dies. And I suppose that speaks again to... That's what everyone in the film seems to be chasing. It's just that connection, that bit of mm. support uh, to be able to have something more than your mundane existence. Well, this is it. Is it like, I mean, I think because now you're talking like fucking nearly 30 years later, mm. uh, the world is a very different place and like people, especially after COVID, are very isolated yeah. and there's like people are feeling more... But I think this was nearly the start of... Mm that thing and nearly not the, the downfall of society but definitely what have I been the downfall of yeah, society but, no but like at that point in <laughs> time know, where yeah. it's like I people stopped yeah. um, like community 
yeah. was definitely collapsing. Like, I mean, say people before our generation, the thing that you'd always hear in Ireland was like, oh, you wouldn't know anyone living around you now. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, it was this romanticised view before where you'd know your neighbours, you'd leave your door open. Yeah, and people, you'd be friendly yeah. and helpful to people and all yeah. this. But that's, I suppose, the way that it, it is, it's globalisation. It is, it's commercialism and capitalism really has driven mm. the way everything has turned because people have to move hundreds of miles away from their usual family unit to be able to get a job that you know pays enough to to live or whatever mm. people can't afford to stay in their own neighborhoods because of the cost of living and the cost of houses and all the rest so you end up with fractured families people lose their friend connection as well because when you move it's so hard to keep in touch as people are working so much and they have so many different schedules it's hard to keep in you know even in contact with people you know once you move away from that initial sort of place where you meet them so everyone nowadays just seems to be single servant friends and it's well, just there was nearly that whole kind of thing where it's like what happened after the industrial revolution where it was um, I remember seeing a thing about it over in America there used to be this talk of say conspiracy theories about mm. I think it was Project Greenlands or Deadlands or something mm. like that where it was this uh, thing where people were saying that there was uh, fucking an effort to get to everyone into cities like, cities yeah, yeah and destroy kind of like say mid America middle America yeah um, and to break down like your sort of your close knit rural communities I suppose yeah, yeah and just have everyone and like that was like whether it was manufactured or not but that mm. definitely was happening kind of nearly all over the world yeah and turned well in developed countries into yeah. worker drones which again is addressed in yeah. Club. you know he does his little haiku to send around to his fellow workers mm. via email because there was that was like we're definitely with the I suppose you call it the maybe the second industrial revolution or like the technological tech revolution, tech revolution yeah, suppose, the start yeah. was definitely the late 90s yeah. and people started moving if you wanted a job in it like you're not going to be getting a job like where we were at the yeah, time exactly. it was like, a little village and you know you know miles away yeah, from it was there was like factory work one. and yeah. stuff and even at that was starting to that was yeah that go was downhill, doing, like, yeah, yeah. exactly manufacturing was totally yeah know. so if you wanted to work in tech you'd have to go to someplace like dublin yeah, or capital city yeah, or 100 London, miles away yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah that's it um and so i'd managed through silicon valley it would have been the birth of silicon valley or well yeah. it would have been around for a long but like definitely the, the that's growth. when it took off all right yeah. yeah but it is and that's i think like as I said with COVID as well people have gotten even more and more fractured as well you know there's working from home which I don't think is a bad thing in general but um, only if it's sort of your choice and you're not like the way things have turned a lot of the time it's you're more isolated because it's you couldn't go out you couldn't socialise you're sort of all you're doing is you're waking up you're working you're going back to sleep mm-hmm. again and all you're you have time to do is consume really it's like yeah. oh, I'll buy shit online just to you know try and fill the numb hole mm. that has you know been created by not having people in and I life. think people got very fed up with socialising online yeah quickly. very quickly yeah Um, with stuff like I don't, don't know how much of a thing it was for people but like I mean definitely I remember where I was working they used to be trying to organise quiz nights the yeah whole little time zoom and parties and stuff yeah all let's all things, do yeah. something on a Friday night just so we have social interaction yeah. which is good I think people needed to try and keep mm. those links but I do think the links they've been breaking down steadily I think since yeah. the late 80s the early 90s um, I know people have always had to move around for jobs and stuff like that but it just seems to be far more of a thing nowadays mm. people don't have well, long lasting connections you have people let's say in that similar uh, situations where their friends are gone and mm. this and that and so they're left on their own they, they can't even make friends and work now because mm. there's a, there was a uh, 
oh geez it would have been just after covid i started work in a place and there was a girl in there from she was just starting college and she was in on work experience mm. and i think she was in second year or something like that and i totally forgot she had not had um the, the, the usual, the usual college. college experience she had yeah. no friends because she wasn't after really meeting any of her classmates other than online yeah um, sitting in a class and how can you talk yeah, when you're in a class like yeah. she didn't know what you know what she, she she was looking forward to kind of like at some stage meeting her classmates and having a party but sure none of them really wanted to do it because it's like meeting a bunch of strangers basically yeah, yeah. And they were like just nervous about it and the, the anxiety around it. you know mm. it's just so that you know it was just really really even like the only friends that she had were people like she considered people that she was after meeting in on her work experience which I'm sure there's nothing wrong with that like that's how you make we make friends in those different ways but it's normally you would have your your college friends and for a certain group of people at a certain age yeah they're normally they're fixed friends for a certain amount of time yeah Yeah. Um, whereas that seems to be gone now. Yeah, that's yeah. it. People don't have the ability to actually get out and socialise yeah. and all the rest. But it is, like, I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, that film was, it was very relevant back then. It seems to be even more relevant now, the way people are going. And if you look around the world as well, the way there are people sort of grouping together, there's vigilantes, there's this, there's mm. that, there's people. Right, let's go out and I, I'm unhappy with my life. I'm going to go out and fucking beat up a stranger just to feel something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or I'm going to, you know, we'll band together and we'll go out and we'll cause destruction downtown in some, mm. you know, financial district or something like that. And it does, it seems to be happening all over the fucking world at the moment. Yeah, Everyone is very satisfied mm. with life in general well that's and when Fight Club came out it was a mm. flop mm. that's what I couldn't understand I was like this film is fucking brilliant how, yeah. how are more people not like you know holding this up as like my god this is like really catching the zeitgeist it's a reflection of everything at the time because mm. at the time as well it was very much this kind of lag culture as well was in and you know sort of all these uh, toxic masculinity as you were saying it was all like oh, yeah, have mm. drinks and fucking you know repress your feelings kind of a thing real boorish kind of a thing yeah. so it was you know, of, it was of its time, but I think it stands the test of time as well. Yeah, well, like, I mean, the whole thing is, like, Tyler Darden was seen as, so, an aspiration figure by a lot of people at the time. And even, like, down to his physique and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's all that... People seem to miss the message of it. Like, there's even a bit, like, where like is so that cool. what yeah. real men look like? Yeah. With their abs and stuff, and, of course, your Tyler Darden. You know, it's yeah. where it's like that. But people didn't fucking... They're all, oh, yeah, I won't be like that. Yeah, play. he's got a cool leather jacket. He yeah, I won't care, be out yeah. fighting people. Oh, yeah, where can I buy it? Where they did not get the message. There is a certain group of people that did not get the message. Mm. But you're going to get that with anything. But it's, um, yeah, they really didn't do well at all. Mm. Like, it's it's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, when I saw it in the cinema, but of course, with a film with a message like that, and that's that many layers. Yeah. Historically, movies to, like yeah. that don't do uh, and people are going to get out with what they want as well. There'll be the very superficial layer that will just go, oh, fight mm. it would be cool to start one of them. And then there'll be other people that will get different things out of it and all the rest. Like, I'm sure, as as a lady, I've probably gotten a lot of different meanings out of it than, say, a young fellow watching it at mm. the time, you know? But it's just, you know, it does really resonate with you across the whole thing. Like, I mean, somebody else said it, like, there's loads of films where women are off, like, connecting and talking and about their life and all the rest. It's not really the same for fellas. No, they, they were saying that there was Fight Club and Dead Poets Society yeah. and that's about it really I suppose I do think that obviously has changed a lot since then you know there are you know there's sort of like guy films but it like tends what? 
Well, I suppose Bill Burr's latest film even was about oh, yeah, dads. Yeah, you know, you so. have like guys talking about things. Yeah. Well, you always had kind of films yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Anyway, yeah, yeah, you have a few things like that, which are more comedy, I suppose, uh, as well. But um, but even with that, it is yeah. it still does sell the whole kind of like, oh, you should be a tough guy kind of exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Take shit from people. And, that's true, yeah. yeah. Again, it's just perpetrating, I suppose, mm. sort of the whole idea. It's well, like the whole thing with Fight Club. It, it really, I suppose, what the people would be saying about like the fucking, the, the betas and, you know, that kind of fucking yeah all this talk alpha yeah. Fucking, yeah where it's like all these people they're, they're betas they're cooks yeah. as well or like even the guy like all these guys it's always a fear of losing your balls yeah um, and most of them even kind of with the the testicular cancer group where yeah. it's like a guy talking about oh my wife left me beyond, yeah, like she's, in, a, she's yeah. entitled to where it shouldn't be no she's not entitled it's like fuck her fucking bitch would not support you through your fucking exactly, thing yeah. don't be fucking you know making excuses for her mm. if you fucking left someone who had cancer mm. you'd be a piece of shit like you know regardless of gender yeah. you know where it should be that don't be making excuses for people I it just I was kind of like oh, right I don't want to come across as being a misogynist <laughs> but, no, but I, mean, I, I, I think even, even if you want to look at just that one little aspect it was she moved on to and she married another guy and had a kid and he was like oh I'm so happy for her she finally got to have a kid and again you see there's an awful lot of these people either they have kids and they've lost contact with them they don't talk to their adult mm. kid which you see with Bob you know sort of the the wife left him and the kids don't talk to him yeah that's he was abandoned just because yeah. he fucking he, he had like hormonal changes and he grew Tits, yeah. basically, yeah. yeah. But like you see, these people they're either abandoned by their kids, or they don't have contact with the kids, or they don't have kids in the first place. Mm. There's all this thing about like say procreation and carrying on the line and all the rest. And a lot of these people just have absolutely no. All their connections have been broken. There's no sort of downline, shall we say, mm. down to their kids. They don't have that feeling of being able having anything worthwhile to pass on or anything worthwhile mm. to pass their their world onto. So it's I think it's a very nihilistic kind of a film as yeah. well obviously you know for us like well even the colourists too yeah. like it's very industrial it is uh, it's all these greys and greens and, yeah yeah very and kind of sickly cast the whole time Edward Norton as well of course just looks horrendous you know bags under the eyes the mm. whole time and just completely worn out I was thinking, like as well you know we, we've been talking a lot about teams and things mm. but like say on a, a technical aspect of mm. a film mm. aspect to it soundtrack is fucking amazing yeah. by the Dust Brothers and mm. that was something that wasn't really done much at the time where no. it was like electronic music used mm. as the main soundtrack mm. where it was always either orchestral um, or maybe just kind of like putting pop songs yeah, in yeah actual songs yeah yeah uh, where is like I'm sure it was like I suppose you can say stuff like with fucking Tangerine Dream and mm. all that but still even with that they were still doing yeah, it's it kind wasn't. Of, it's kind of a one-off. It was unusual to have that. Whereas nowadays, it's like the norm to have like a seven soundtrack, a fucking fight club soundtrack, yeah. that kind of a thing. You know, a nine-inch Trent Reznor yeah. soundtrack. Well, that's it. And like the Dust Brothers, they really did mm. some unusual things mm. musically. True, yeah. where it's like th- there was a lot. Like there's some heavy elements to it. There's fucking hip hop elements. Mm. You know, it was a real, real mix, mix mm. mash. And like you're like late nineties, it's like nineties was a great time. I think an experimental time mm. for music, but that was definitely, you know, mm. it, it, there was something in it for everyone yeah. in a weird way. Um, cast wise, amazing cast. Oh god, yeah. In it, and people, it's hard for people. Look, Brad Pitt was seen as a bit of a fucking joke mm. before this. He was like in a lot of rom coms. Mm. 
Um, he was a pretty boy, whereas yeah. this is like he was, you know, a dangerous character kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and even with him, like when he was in interview with the vampire, people mm. were like, this guy can't act. Yeah. You know, um, which he couldn't really. I quite liked him as Louis yeah. in interview with the vampire. Um, and I quite it was like one of my brother's favorite films at the time was A River Flows Through. It he mm. was in that as well, which mm. he could act, you know. And I suppose Telma and Louise was where yeah, he got his, yeah, uh, his big, big break, stars, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and was it Levi's ad? Yeah, I think you might have done Levi's yeah, ad as well. Which yeah. for people who weren't around that Levi's ads were like these fucking... They were like star makers. Everyone used yeah. to wait for the Levi's ad to come out because mm. whatever music they use on it would, would be top number the charts. One, yeah. yeah, and if they had a, an actor or a model in it, they would be like the next big thing kind of a thing. Mm. It was, I don't know, it was kind of like, I suppose, the same as Coke and Pepsi ads as well. Yeah. Levi's were the big thing. I can't really think but of again, anything But again, there you have like this nowadays. whole kind of consumerism yeah. and, and, you know, brand loyalty and all that. Yeah, well, it was like the 80s and mm. the 90s were definitely like, mm. I think the 80s was the height of consumer. Well, not the height because mm. people are spending fucking more now, but like yeah. people really just going into like it was the whole thing greed is good yeah. and all that then the 90s I think was the fallout from it where mm. a lot of people were going this is like after creating a very shallow existence and yeah. it's it's actually probably after damaging humanity and creativity mm. um, but you, even in Fight Club you see it there's a uh, Starbucks kind of pops up the whole way through it as well mm. you know it's a coffee that keeps them awake I'm nearly sure at some stage as well you hear sort of like um, the Spice Girls you know singing on a, a Pepsi ad or something like that and it just kind of bring, snap me right back to like being there and all the rest <clears throat> but Fight Club itself when it was I think they did a bit of a re-release for like was it the 20th anniversary um, or, yeah know. but they actually had um, on a side note they had very good marketing and advertising themselves they were doing like fight bar fight soap bars oh yeah so, yeah, yeah, you know, remember, yeah. Club, yeah they had stuff like that and you know it started to bring a bit mm. of hype back to the film so well that's I think yeah. as well with the soap and you're just talking mm. about people did not get the soap mm. at the, because it was like the, the cover of being the bar of soap with Fight Club on mm. people just sitting and as well the way that it was received by some critics at the time or um it was they, they kind of sold it as being this gore fest mm. um that it was something that you shouldn't look at if you had a weak stomach and i think that put a lot of people off going to the cinema as well whereas like you do really have a, yeah you do have a lot of people kind of that portrayed. would be like i mean it's with you know sort of the older generation i suppose as well they'd be like oh my god boxing it's so violent it's not really so how can you watch you know like mma and ufc and nowadays Jesus, ufc fucking took a lot it's hard for people that yeah. weren't around but it took UFC fucking mm. mixed martial arts in general a long time to be yeah um, accepted as anyway respectable classes yeah. and like that so I, I think there was that aspect there it's like oh it's glorifying violence and yeah it was promoting watch. kind of fight yeah. clubs and kind of like mm. that have a negative impact on young men yeah and how could you sit and watch somebody get their face smashed in now I mean there's brutal scenes in it all right mm. and you know even when Bob gets shot and you know they open up the body bag and half the back of his head falls mm. out it's fucking gory and brutal but it's it's kind of honest and unfair yeah like, but it's know? meant to be to show yeah. that like th- this, this is, is the, the horrible reality yeah. exactly yeah this is somebody has died someone's life has been mm. lost you know it is fucking shocking like mm. you know even now looking at it you know you see as I said Angel Face getting bet and he loses the pretty boy looks and all the rest and it's it's a proper like you see him healing up throughout it and he's you know broken eye sockets mm. and teeth missing and all the rest and it's you know, you kind of... Is what, you I quite like the, the way that they, they treat the audience as mm. intelligent. Mm. Whether it's where they don't get into his backstory, have a big yeah. kind of talk about it. It's you can. It's just shown, you mm. know, it's kind of like he idolises Tyler Darden. Mm. There's stuff going on there. But 
they they never have to outward yeah they don't like, have to explain it like they would yeah, you know this guy of. gets destroyed and he's still loyal yeah. and even more loyal mm. afterwards to the it's real cult like yeah. anyway behavior where it's like you know people being Follow abused the leader, basically yeah and, yeah, and just yeah, taking it yeah mm. but um yeah no i mean it as i said it's it's been one of my favorite the minute i saw it i was like oh my god i love this film mm. and it has stayed consistently in like my top three films i suppose well because meatloaf is burlington yeah. as well as bob um, that's the thing there's a lot of touches of humor as well where you kind of and there are sweet little moments as well where there is genuine connection mm. you know and there is genuine caring and feeling and of course there are the I suppose there's the comedy ones where like one of your uh, your assignments is to go out and start a fight with anybody just let them mm. win but just start a fight with someone and they have all the you know they have the comedy part part music and you know your man spraying the priest with water trying to get him somebody to just take a swing and you know take a chance on their life I suppose break out of their mundane little box but um, do you know what I mean? It has a flavor of everything, I suppose. Really, it isn't from the sounds of it. If you're if you're to go into a blind, it sounds very heavy and very dark. It's like people dying of cancer, mm. and, you know, people disconnected. But there's you know there's some moments in it where you can sit, sit but, back but, and but enjoy. Like, you know? like just it, mm. it could be seen as a dark rom com mm. because at the center of it as well is the yeah. relationship with Marla. I suppose she essentially kind of saves him as well. Yeah. You know, she's no matter how badly she's treated, she comes back and she believes him and she does mm. care for him and he genuinely cares for her. Like as well, they're both fucked up. Yeah. You know they're they're both uh, basically the same. Yeah. Um, to a certain mm. degree, like she's probably more down on her luck with mm. stuff where like she's impoverished where he's got the job and all that yeah. but she's just like at the she's after a fucking you, you, this is the great thing you never know what happened with Marley yeah, you, you never don't know her what, actual yeah. background yeah she's just living in a shithole in squalor and you know she's kind mm. of panhandling nearly to make money and just chain smoking close to overdose and turning up at these support mm. groups and looking fairly just looking grotty and grimy the whole time but mm. even that there's sort of a, a purpose to it you know she turns up in this thrifted bridesmaid's dress and she's like oh somebody loved this intensely for one mm. day and then it was just thrown away a bit like myself kind of a yeah. thing. and it, that's I suppose again a commentary on people's fleeting relationships as well mm. the single servant friends somebody gets on with you great and then all of a sudden you never see that person again it's mm. discarded you know well it's it's her character she's she got she I think it goes from at the start where you kind of nearly side with Edward Norton's character where mm. you're like oh this part but even though the two of them are the same mm. and then in the, as it goes through you kind of feel more sorry for her yeah a lot more sympathy for her yeah. um, with she is things, a bit of a tragic figure but yeah. she knows she's a tragic figure but she doesn't mm. care and she's like fuck it see I think they try and nearly portray her as being like a Yoko Ono or mm. people can perceive her as being a Yoko Ono at the start but where there's like this buddy buddy relationship and then she comes into it and ruins, ruins, that, the, yeah, yeah. ruins the harmony I yeah. of it and all the rest yeah but at the end of the day she's essentially saving him from himself you know yeah well that is mm. the whole thing well he saves himself yes from himself yeah that's true um, I suppose yeah and that ending as well I mean Jesus it's a uh, it's fucking fantastic yeah, yeah because most times there's a happy ending to it and I think this is there is a different ending over in China mm. to it originally um, where they didn't show the buildings collapsing and then a thing came up saying oh Tyler Durden was apprehended and <laughs> <laughs> you know where there had yeah. to be a resolution as such yeah. yeah but there had to be you couldn't just get off scot-free it was yeah. like it had to kind of portray this whole thing and being like yeah that there's repercussions yeah. yeah exactly uh, don't be getting ideas people yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but that's I, and hilariously enough one of the last scenes in the film is just of the two of them looking out at all the skyscrapers holding hands. hands that oh. was used on so many promotions
emotional material as well. It's very rare that you can get that in a film where you can show the last scene mm. and have it be iconic and nobody knows what the fuck is leading up to it, you know? Because yeah. they do that whole thing of they start off with at the very end and then it's like well how did I get here let's back up a few mm. months kind of thing because the first the, the opening scene is him with a gun in his mouth you know yeah. so you don't know what the fuck is going on but I just thought it was you know it's a nice way it wasn't done as often back then this whole book ending of things is, no the, you know, the, I think it was done very much I think Fight Club influenced a lot yeah. and even though it did the same as like a lot of great cult movies Blade mm. Runner Jesus Blade Runner mm. fucking like, yeah. you know, even though Blade Runner did terrible when it came out yeah but again um, absolute The Shining I think did terrible kind of... when it came out as well mm. that wasn't really well written then all of a sudden it was like oh it's this work of genius yeah, that's it um, uh, Friday the 13th part 7 wasn't really oh well. a terrible work of genius or part 8 Jason mm. Goes to Hell mm. or was it or was that Jason Takes Manhattan yeah I think 9 was Jason Goes to Hell mm. But again, back to Fight Club, I mean, it is, it's even more relevant today where you have all this like special snow. I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm a big boomer, like against mm. snowflakes, but you have this culture of everyone is the center of their own world. They mm. are the main character, you know, Instagram, whatever, TikTok. It's like everyone thinks they're the most important or the most unique and the most special. It's like, there's like millions of people out there all doing exactly the same things mm. where you're just shouting into the void, like you are not that special. Like this podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. It's, I think it's it, people's attempt to connect with other people. Mm. Um, and like if people wanted to connect with us, you could do so through our YouTube <laughs> channel and, or, or through our Instagram yeah, or Twitter. Yes, mentioning Instagram. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, but there is that whole thing. I think now as well at the time, mm. it, it does feel like social media is dying or definitely going through some major upheaval, change, I think, like, yeah. yeah. Um, where people are struggle so, to yeah, go, yeah. I think some people are turning away from it entirely some people are realising mm. that oh my god it has actually in some ways it's been good but in a lot of ways it's had a very toxic effect yeah you know? oh god it's like a lot of comments mm. of seeing things now it's you just kind of like, what's the point that's, and I even know, engage yeah. and like yeah and you do have that. like you, you get this I mean like very relevant recently I suppose with everything that's going on in the world you get people get very entrenched in their views and get mm. frothed up and kind of fomented into these like extremist views kind of a thing and then it's just what is meant to bring people together is actually driving people further yeah. apart and you know the disconnect is there which yeah there you go mm. yes yeah, so I suppose we end very on that depressing. fairly depressing know, kind of note yes indeed but yeah let's go start our own fight club yes let's go beat each other up yeah I, I get to hit you first oh no <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed but yes but yeah like I mean we could like there is so much to fight up that we could oh you could do like four cover. or five hours like you're yeah. rambling around about and you still wouldn't even touch half of what you could touch I mm. suppose really there have been there's been books written about I did a I did an essay in college about it mm. in film school and okay. straight away when it came out and all the lectures like what is this fellow yeah what's this shit yes it's <laughs> yeah. stupid but anyway yeah but yeah so look goodbye I suppose <laughs> I don't know how to finish it off <laughs> um, but yeah next week I don't know we, I think we're going to have to do American Psycho at some point because I think yeah. American Psycho is a good companion piece yeah. more so the book probably mm. than the, the movie but the movie is really good yeah um, anyway I think they're they're two very different uh, entities really yeah but um, yes yeah yes so yes thank you for listening mm. and uh, yeah I am Jax Quiet ending. Yes.